There are things I've done I never should have done And things I've said I never should have said I can't forget and it's messing with my head The things I've done, the things I've said I'd be telling lies if I said that I'd be good But every time I do everything I should If I tried, tried, did the very best I could Wouldn't be enough, I could not be good I'm And all I have couldn't pay you what it's worth But you said it's mine, so I take you at your word I need this grace that I don't deserve I'm Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bianyash, and today I'm here with 
Jaylene Johnson. <laughs> thank, thank you so much for, uh, uh, I guess I called you, but um, being able to do a phone interview. Oh, thank you. No, this is awesome. Um, so tell me who you are. <laughs> well, my name is Jaylene Johnson. I'm a Winnipegger born and raised <laughs> and a singer-songwriter, a mom, sometimes a teacher, and I work for a church called St. Benedict's Table. Oh, cool. Um, and what kind of music do you do? Um, I write uh, soul pop. Uh, in this case of the new record, it's, it has more folk um, and acoustic orientation. But um, And this, this music particularly links to my faith journey more than probably any music I've written in the past. Oh, very cool. Um, so how long have you been playing? Or do you play instruments? I do. I play guitar. Um, not terribly well, uh, sort of self-taught as a songwriter kind of guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play the piano and I sing, and I've been doing, well, music's kind of always been a part of my life in various forms and incarnations. I've been writing songs and making records um, since, well, ni- 1999, I guess. Oh, wow, okay. So you're, um, you have a lot of experience. Yeah, this is my fourth uh, official studio album that mm-hmm. I'm releasing. Oh, nice. And and why did you decide to do music? I mean, you said it's always been a part of your life, but why performing? You know, um, that's a very good question. I have had uh, some seasons of my life where I've had to kind of put that aside, and I've worked, you know, quite a quite a bit as a songwriter, writing with other people for their projects. And the way the mu- music industry has changed so much, um, it is. Uh, I mean, you don't get into music to make any money at it. It's very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. I just kind of said, I'm not going to make another record until I feel I've got a strong message and story, like something that I want to say that is going to kind of move me, like move me enough to make that investment. Mm-hmm. So the last few years have been full of a few, more than one trying event, um, from the loss of my voice to having trouble having a child and, um, I ended up just writing a record that kind of tells these stories and it's a lot of prayer songs and some confession and then mm-hmm. kind of ultimately coming back around to hopefulness. Awesome. And so how th- these topics sound like they're really personal. How do you know or how do you feel comfortable sharing these songs with with strangers? Well, you know, a, a good songwriter, I think, that wants to share songs on a broad level knows that yeah, I mean, it's great to start with a personal story, and those make for very powerful songs. Mm-hmm. But I think you, the craft of songwriting is that you then create something that is universal, and it can become other people's song, too, that relates Ooh. their stories. Okay. Oh, I, I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Just as a songwriter, mm-hmm. like, I want to write about certain topics, but I, I feel like that's so personal that maybe I, I can't share it or I don't feel comfortable, like, being able to sing it in front of people but that makes sense to being able to make uh, have it apply to other people so we we will have started we had started with a song called fallen what was that song about well fallen you know it, it's a song that sort of exp- it not doesn't sort of it expresses regret you know we all have things in life that we wish we could take back we wish we'd never said maybe we wish we'd never done maybe we wish there's a path there was a different path for us um, but the chorus of the song is that I'm fallen into the arms of mercy, and that mercy is there to to catch us. And the whole point of grace, the whole point of my faith as a Christian, is that 
no, no matter what mistakes we've made, um, there's grace there for us to cover it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's great. That's really beautiful. Um, with songwriting, um, you said that you, you were helping people write projects. How did you get into that? How did you start helping people songwrite? Well, in 2004, I released a record called Finding Beautiful, mm-hmm. and I had been touring that record quite extensively through that year. And after my very last gig at the end of the year, I ended up in a um, very severe car accident coming mm-hmm. home. So I had some pretty major back problems the, the year that followed that. And in any event, the long story short is I had to come off the road. And um, after a year or so, uh, I started to think, you know, I'd really love to work with a publisher and be able to write songs. And I just love songwriting. And I ended up meeting a publisher at Canadian Music Week who oh, wow. uh, was looking to sign a brand new writer. So I signed with their company for a couple of years, and that was great. I really developed as a songwriter through that experience. And um, ever since then, it's just been something that I I really enjoy and love, and it's a craft you'll never, ever totally perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so how did you, how did you approach him with, with that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I um, I wasn't planning on going to Canadian Music Week, but I ended up getting a royalty check. It was sort of a fluke thing that happened where there's there's been money that had been held back, and I got it. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to dive in. I'm going to go to Canadian Music Week. I'm not going to be one of those people that's looking over everyone's shoulder at who I should be talking to next. I'm just going to go with the flow. Yeah. Whoever I meet, I meet. Well, as it happens, I ran into someone that I'd sort of built a relationship with who worked for SoCan. And because, you know, we had developed this relationship, she ended up inviting me to an after party that SoCan was putting on. Mm-hmm. And I happened to run into one of the publishers that I'd heard speaking on a panel. And after the panel, I hadn't gone to speak with him. Because again, I just, I didn't want to take the attitude of, oh, I'm going to like shove my way through the crowd to try to talk to him and whatever. Yeah. It just was not where I was at at all. But I ended up meeting him at this party and, um, you know, had I not sort of cultivated that relationship with my friend at SoCan, uh, there wouldn't have been any, the invitation to go to that party. It just shows how important networking is and building yeah. good relationships. Mm-hmm. And and what, and what is that like? Um, oh, the baby. Uh, yeah. uh, what is um What is it like writing with other people like that? Like, how do you uh, how do you get that that process started? Well, you know. Um, it's not for everyone, but I think it's good for everyone, if you know what I mean. Like, there's some artists who really struggle with co-writing because their style is just so distinct and so unique, and um, they don't really want to change or give it away or have their song evolve. And so in some cases, they prefer to write more personally, and they don't want to write a more universal song. Mm-hmm. But if a person wants to hold their songs with a little bit more of an open hand and work with people who are strong co-writers, you can end up coming up with a song that's way better than you ever would have created on your own. Mm-hmm. So you really have to go in with an open heart, an open mind, a friendly attitude, you know, and, and hold the song kind of objectively. Okay. That's the only way it's going to work. Yeah, if that makes people sense. are too precious about it and really closed off, it'll never work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and do you approach people asking to songwrite or do people approach you? to ask for help or how does that work? 
you know, honestly, in the last while, I've done some writing with an artist named Jordan St. Cyr in the last while. Uh, I've done some stuff via email, but I've been so busy. I've just had a baby and I'm releasing a record and mm-hmm. that's a lot. Uh, it's a major chunk <laughs> to bite yeah, off. No kidding. So I, I haven't been co-writing recently, but, you know, it can happen through, like, say people are, I know there's Manitoba Music is a great uh, place to network. They yeah. throw events throughout the year. And you just end up running into other people and you say, hey, do you co-write? Do you want to collaborate? Do you want to try something together? And mm-hmm. in some cases, if it's a singer-songwriter, I cannot stress enough how important it will be for them to make sure before releasing a record that they're writing strong songs. Do not, do not, do not spend thousands of dollars on an album if your songs are not very strong. And how you can develop them is there's some great producers in town. Like I worked with Murray Pulver, who's wonderful. He's a great songwriter as well. Chris Burt Gaffney's another guy that comes to mind who's a, such a strong, strong songwriter and producer. Mm-hmm. These guys are great to work with, you know, and um, just to help develop your songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's that's, a, that's good to know. I'm, I might be thinking about that in the future. So, and I'm sure people who are listening um, needed to hear that because I know, I know a lot of artists who want to just – get their music out there and they've heard so many people say you have to get it produced really really well but if your if your lyrics aren't strong or your melodic lines aren't strong they don't carry well it could fall through even with amazing producing um so that's very true yeah i mean i'm all ashley i'm all for experimenting as well if people have their own little home studio and they want to start recording and i mean by all means jump in and do it but i'm talking about you know where you're working toward a major commercial release mm-hmm I would just say, take your time, make sure your material's really strong, and don't be afraid to, you know, hold it with a little bit of a loose hand and trust people that that are really good at writing songs to help shape what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Yeah. Because that... it, wouldn't it be great if you released your album and, you know, people want to play it all the time and people can't wait to hear your songs again versus, oh, my friends and family came out to support me and they're so supportive. Yeah, that makes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, great. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions about songwriting just because. That's great. I um, love it. I I lo- I love to songwrite. I'm not very good at it, but I like it, and I like to hear when someone knows what they're uh, has a better idea of what they're doing than me. Um, so when when you're writing your own songs, though, um, how do you find the inspiration? Like how like you this most recent album you're working on was a lot of life experiences, but how do you? Pick, pick and choose which one you think is going to be strong enough for a good song? You know, that's another really good question, too. Uh, and that's where, you know, over the years, as you write more and more, you just kind of get a sense of of what's strong and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, there really is a craft to songwriting that, I mean, you think about people that get a master's or a doctorate in any subject, right? Mm-hmm. It takes years and years. Um, so you might have, you know, a, a talent for it and be able to come up with some things that, it just seems easy. The inspiration is flowing and, you know, like you can't believe it and people love it. But then what do you do when that dries up and you get a bit of writer's block or, you know, sort of what do you do then? Yeah. And I say that's where the craft comes in. That's where studying songs comes in. That's where taking time every day or every couple of days or at least every week to sit down with an instrument and just write and play and play around with melodies. If you get an idea, write it down somewhere where you're not going to lose it or do a voice memo on your phone. Yeah. When I went to the cabin last year, it was with the intent of writing songs to see if I'd have enough for a record. Mm-hmm. Songs flowed out of me. But to be fair, I had some ideas started already in yeah. my phone and my computer. 
that I could kind of build on and work with. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the other thing that I really recommend, and this is what I did at the cabin, I ended up writing two songs a day because I didn't allow my internal editor to be present when I was creating. You can do that? <laughs> yeah, that internal editor that says, oh, this sucks, oh, this will never fly, oh, that's no good. Yeah. Now, that editor has a role to play once your songs are written, like, or once your ideas are out, but you have to give space for your creativity to flow, you know? Yeah. And throw it out there. Even if it seems like the silliest thing in the world, just toss it out, and then start to shape, nip, tuck, act, mm-hmm. change pronouns, you know, all that yeah. stuff that the editor is really good at. Okay. And um, when you're writing your song, what do you usually start with? Or, um, or I mean, like, there's so many different ways to write a song, but what have you found that's the most effective way for you to start writing a good song? It's different every time for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes words and melody come together. Sometimes I have the instrumentation first. It really, really is different every time. But I will say that the more I co-wrote, everybody has a different strength. And, um, you know, if you're strong in lyrics, try to work with somebody that's great with arrangement. Okay. You know, or if you're, or vice versa. But also you'll find that everyone has a different approach. And so I've learned, you know, as I've written with other people, I've learned different things that they do. Yeah. And um, experimented on my own too that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and the main thing is too, it should be joy. You should have fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, no, I don't want to run it into the ground until you hate it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to listen to another song in just a second uh, okay. c- called Find Us. Yep. Um, so this is going to be your first song. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. That's okay. That my baby. That's okay. Um, what is Find Us about? Um, well, Find Us is based on a scripture that talks about how perfect love casts out all fear and that there's nowhere that we could go to hide from the love of God. There's nowhere that that, where that, that love can't find us, no matter how dark a place we're at in our life. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's Find Us, Find Us, Oh, Great Love, Find Us is the chorus. Oh, okay. And as so you're using the actual quote in the song, or is it just what inspired you to write it? It's just an inspiration, yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is Find Us. Find us in the shadows. Find us in the dark. Find us in the corners where we don't think you'd ever go. Find us in our failures. Where we've been thrown back to the start Find us as we question All the things we used to know We are lost So
Welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project. This is Ashley Bienyash at 101.5 UMFM. Today I'm here with Jaylene Johnson. Uh, we're talking about her upcoming um, r- record. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Potter, Potter and Clay. And Clay. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be the CD release show is going to be on September 29th, right? Yep. I'm and doing a concert at St. Margaret's Anglican at 7.30. Tickets will be 15 bucks, And um, they're not, I don't know, they will be available on my website. If they're not at the time of airing this, um, they will be available on my website okay. uh, or St. Margaret's. Um, I'm also going to try to get some into the music and music trader. Okay, nice. And um, I can always post a link on the blog post. Um, oh, great. When, um, when this goes on, on the blog. So people who are like, I need tickets, don't worry. Well, you'll find a way. I'll, ma- okay. I'll make sure you can find a way. Um, so we just finished hearing Find, uh, hearing find Us. Um, I have a couple more questions. Um, what is your, or how, you have a baby and you were doing the, getting ready for this release. How do you, how do you balance all of that? Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's definitely a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a wonderful four month old daughter and she's a real miracle. Babies are always a miracle, but we were told that, you know, we weren't going to be able to have kids. So the night before I left for the cabin to start writing for my record, mm-hmm. I got discovered I was pregnant. So oh, wow. amazing. And um, it's definitely challenging for sure. But, you know, it's it's worthwhile too. And one thing that I've learned through this process is to reach out to people more um, for help. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, hired a publicist and I'll be talking to people later today, as a matter of fact, about helping me with grant writing. And, you know, I've got, if people volunteer help put up posters for the show or man the ticket table. I'm just jumping on it and taking them up on it. Mm-hmm. And um, she's got a wonderful godmother as well that comes once a week and uh, helps look after her. So so you can get some stuff done. Yeah. and but, but, you know, the whole thing about making a record is the best, I guess the whole theme of our talk today is, in my opinion, the best projects are collaborative because you have various people bringing their strengths. And we talked about musical collaboration, but when you're an artist, you really do lean on a team. And maybe you don't have an official team, like I don't. I don't have an official manager or booking agent or anything. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, whether that's people just who are your encouragers or people who will help you with some bookkeeping or come to hold your baby for a couple of hours, <laughs> all those people helped make that record happen. And um, will help get the music out there in the end. So I think it's really good to lean on your community and your team. And um, that's an exciting thing. As artists, we can sometimes make ourselves little islands, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's probably not healthy for us. We need to do that sometimes creatively. But at -hmm. the end of the day, reaching out to people and leaning into our community uh, always produces positive things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, That makes sense. In fact, I found you on Facebook, right through uh, yeah, that's Manitoba true. Women in Music. So yeah. there you go. I love that page. It's so it's so positive and wonderful. Um, yep. So, what is your proudest accomplishment as a musician? Oh wow, <laughs> proudest accomplishment as a musician. Jeez, you know, like awards don't really come to much in the end. I think maybe it's that I'm still doing it, <laughs> even though. Mm-hmm. It can be such a discouraging industry and so full of rejection. Um, the mere fact that I'm still um, writing songs and putting myself out there, maybe that's something to feel a little proud of. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, I totally understand the whole rejection thing. It's crazy how how one day you'll be like, this is going so great, and then the next day it's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah, as my friend Alana Lewandowski says, you know, people will jump on your bandwagon and then they'll jump off your bandwagon. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good way to put it. Um, so what is your, your favorite song to perform live? Uh, off this record, I'm not too, too sure yet because, you know, uh, that's, I mean, I did do one show in January where we, January where we played through the songs. But, um, you know, after my tour, I probably could answer that question a little bit better. That's fair. Yeah. Um, with pr- releasing the songs, um, you haven't, you said you played them once in January, but why uh, you're not playing them regularly right now? Well, I mean, I did in the studio. Mm-hmm. So we got the record done, and then I had a baby. And yeah. So I took some time, a good couple months, just to get uh, oriented that way. Now I'm rehearsing and, um, you know, getting ready for touring. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I haven't done any shows per se. Okay. And do you recommend that artists withhold the songs that they're going to be pre- releasing on an album before like or sorry not sorry can i can i speak um not performing those songs that they're releasing on this album or should they be performing those having people familiar with them and then releasing them officially on an album oh you know what i think that live shows are the best way to try out new songs mm-hmm. because you get to see what the crowd responds to and uh and you get to see what they don't respond to mm-hmm. so I mean, if if a person's doing music, and we all have different reasons, I just believe that music is best when it's shared, a shared experience, right? Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. If you've got a new song, play it. Okay, because like with pop stars on the radio, they, they've finished the song and it's it's on the radio. And I mean, I don't know if they're playing it before it's been released, but I, just in my mind, I'm thinking they want to like release it f- completed and before they start sharing it with the world. But I don't, I think it's a little bit different in Winnipeg. Well, and also there are big pop stars, right? So everybody's anticipating what they're going to do next. They already have a fan base. That's true. You know, they already have people that are so excited when they release a surprise album yesterday and nobody knew it was happening like mm-hmm. Beyonce does. Yeah, Beyonce. You know, whereas we're not Beyonce. No, unfortunately. <laughs> I would love to be Beyonce. <laughs> would you really? Oh, you got to be Ashley. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, I mean, I would love to be as confident as she is. But, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm happy with who I am. <laughs> Yeah, good. Um, so with everything that you've um, learned through the mu- music industry, what's the best advice that you've kind of just kept on- and held on to that you um, wouldn't mind sharing? Oh, the best advice? Oh, geez, that is such a good question, too. Um, well, there's so much I could say on this subject. We could do a whole other podcast just on advice. I've had, I've had a lot of great advice and people who've been willing to invest time in me. Mm-hmm. So I've been really blessed with that. One thing that's helped me as far as the business side of music goes, and this is one thing I'm finding harder now with a baby, but follow through, follow through, follow through, follow through. So as a, to give you a little bit of an example, when I was at a conference in... Alberta in 2004, uh, I was at a panel where they talked about music supervision and getting your, your songs placed in TV shows and stuff. Okay. The panelists, I raised my hand and said, so how do we get you our music? And one of the panelists said, look, I'll give you a two-week window. Send me your stuff and uh, put WCMA, that was the name of the conference, on the outside of the envelope, and I will make sure that I listen to it and consider it. But I'll only give you two weeks. So I did. I sent my stuff in, and I ended up with 
several songs that he put in uh, Dawson's Creek and he put in Joan of Arcadia. I mean, these are older shows now. But I had this opportunity open up for me. You know, we chatted later on and he told me that I was the only one out of all the people in that room that sent him something. Within the two-week period? Yeah, well, at all. Oh, at all. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was the only one that followed through. That's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, as musicians, we're such scatterbrains. It can be really hard to do that for us. But that's so important, is to build those bridges. And now with music supervisors as well, if they send a contract, you better believe I'm heading to a computer and a printer as soon as I can to get them what they need, because they're running a business too. Yeah. So they need... um, they need us to be organized and to follow through and we'll miss opportunities and burn some bridges if we, mm-hmm. if we don't follow through. So that's, that's served me very well. Mm-hmm. I think that like, I really needed to hear that as a, um, as a radio host, I've had some follow stuff falling through due to my disorganized lifestyle. Um, but that, I think that, that just makes so much sense. I don't know why I never thought of that. Cause it just, it seems like so straightforward, but not everyone not everyone thinks about like that or they think they can just get away with anything yeah Um, well we're not business people right yeah we're musicians Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we do need to think like a business person sometimes if we want to make sure to capitalize on opportunities Mm -hmm. absolutely so where can people find you on social media well they can find me at facebook backslash jaylene johnson music i'm also on twitter jaylene johnson uh my instagram i'm there at um insta jaylene but i'm not super active yet i'd like to be more active on instagram Mm -hmm. um youtube stay tuned there'll be some live music videos coming this fall i'm going to release one a month over five months and but there's not a whole lot there and of course definitely visit my website and sign up for my newsletter because that's a really great way to um to keep abreast of what i'm doing Mm -hmm. so you have a newsletter how does that work what is that? Like, I mean, I know people have newsletters, but like, how do you have enough information to put a newsletter out? Well, you know, I just let, you know, I don't obviously send one if there's nothing going on, but yeah. if there's stuff going on, I just email people and let them know. Like, I did a crowdfunding campaign oh, I see. a while back, so I was emailing people more often. And um, yeah, you know, I, I have Banzoogle, which is a, a great platform for websites, and they have, they let me organize my newsletter list through them. and. Very cool. Once in a while, when I got stuff going on, I let people know about it. Mm-hmm. I've had a, a couple of shows where people ask me, like, do you have an email list? And I'm like, no, maybe I should well, do that. And <laughs> You should. It's really important, and it's something that I'm going to be getting into more and more. The other thing with newsletter lists, you know, and even Facebook posts and all that, people in today's day and age, they want to know us. They don't just want to know, you know, when we're playing a show. They want to know about us. Yeah. So in a newsletter, share, share mm-hmm. a story about something that happened or something that relates to your music or something that your heart cares about. Okay. Because yeah. that makes a human connection with people versus, hey, hi, everybody, I'm playing Friday night at seven, you know, and you send something like that every week. Well, after a while, I just don't know that people care that much, but they do care if you say, hey, you know, I met this very interesting older woman on the street the other day and we had this amazing conversation and here's what I learned. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm far more interested to read that. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really it makes sense. I should start. Yeah. Writing, I should start writing my blog again. <laughs> Just keep that active. Oh, definitely. And if people are asking to be on your email list, that's a really good sign. That means that they enjoyed the show and they want to keep in touch with you. So, mm-hmm. you know, get that list going. Absolutely. Um. So before we go, um, because I gotta let you go. Um, 
we're going to listen to one more song called Potter and Clay, which is actually the album um, title. Uh, what is that song about? Well, again, it's, it's inspired from scripture that talks about God being the potter and us being the clay. And, you know, I obviously believe in a creator God and a creative God. And, um, you know, I hit a point in my life where I just needed to surrender and trust that what God wants to make of my life is a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. much like a potter um, crafts, you know, yeah. it makes a beautiful, useful lovely things. Mm-hmm. I think um, another beautiful thing that I've learned that I'd like to share maybe before we go is Absolutely. that in, J- in Japan, they have an art form with cracked pottery yeah. where they take gold and they run it through the cracks and they piece um, vases and dishes back together with this gold vein running through where all the cracks were. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's considered even more valuable at that point because of what it's been through. Wow. And I think that's a philosophically just so aligned with my life and you know the different things that I've been through in my life you know even having lost the lot I've lost my voice for a good while I didn't know if I'd be able to sing again so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm this uh, piece of pottery that's got a lot of cracks but hopefully the cracks have made made me more beautiful <laughs> and more valuable yeah no that's that's so beautiful I love that um and why did you pick the song to be the the album title track because uh, I think it sort of encapsulated the entire journey really well, um, how I built the record. And I realized most people buy singles now if they buy music at all. Yeah. But um, my record kind of takes people on a journey and Potter and Clay is sort of midway through. And it's a turning point song of surrendering. Mm. And um, yeah, so, you know, and I, I don't know, it just sort of stuck out and seemed like the right thing. And it's, it's a, a nice, like, cool title. I like, Thank you. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, it's been there... great talking to you, Ashley. Yeah. I'd love to uh, chat with you again sometime, anytime. Absolutely. You can come back anytime. I love hearing all your awesome advice. Um, please come back. Um, okay. Do you have any, <laughs> do you have any, um, anything else you'd like to add or say? No, just, uh, I hope to see people out on September 29th to my show. It's a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So all you have to do is get through, uh, get through one more Friday. Yes. But um, yeah, no, I'd love to see lots of faces in the crowd to celebrate this um, this project coming to be. I'm going to have a great band, Murray Pulver, Ryan Voss, uh, Julian Bradford, and Kimberly Oast. Oh, wow. So, yeah, come on down. That's going to be a great show. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, so I'm going to, on the blog post, which will be posted the Friday after this is airing, um, whichever Wednesday that is, we haven't decided yet, Um I will have links to um, where you can buy tickets. I can have links to all social media and hope maybe the future YouTube channel that you have. Um, sure. Um, is there an event page on Facebook? Not yet. Well, we're gonna we're gonna close off with uh, Potter and Clay. Um, thank you so much again for coming onto the show. You're welcome. Thanks for ha- thanks for having me, Ashley. You take care. Yeah, you too. Okay, bye. All right, bye bye. You're the potter and the clay You're the potter and the clay Fearfully and wonderfully made 
You're the potter and the clay I am flesh and I am bone I am flesh and I am bone From the earth into the earth I go I am flesh and I am bone Safe in your hands. 